Coming up on this episode of the Goldilocks Zone, we are returning to our discussion of the oceans. That's right. We're going to talk about ocean things like water, which is what most of it is, uh, and all kinds of other amazing things. We've got a fun list, and we're going to render our final verdict on the ocean under, over, or appropriate. You're not going to want to miss it. We recommend you stick around for this episode of the Goldilocks Zone, which is starting right now. You're entering the Goldilocks Zone, episode number 15, recorded June 10th, 2015. Another one about the ocean. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Goldilocks Zone, the podcast that dares to judge the ocean uh i'm sean jennings and i am not joined by matt mariani because at the terrible inconvenient time he dropped off the call so we're gonna get him back on track while we're getting him here i would like to tell you fine folks about this show the goldilocks zone goldilockshow.com is the website go there find out more get links to all of the episodes and i also want to tell you we are now on soundcloud soundcloud.com slash goldilockshow check us out there it's got all the cool soundcloud features of commenting and tagging and sharing and posting on social media uh it's kind of a cool new way to get the show so we recommend doing that there matt are you there no matt is not there um we're going to continue to try to get him on the line. We're also at Goldilocks Show on Twitter um, and Facebook.com slash Goldilocks Show as well. Um, while we continue to ring Matt, uh, I want to remind everybody, last week on the show, we talked about the oceans. We did a big list of stuff. We went through um, some of us, uh, some of those we agreed on, a few we didn't. Uh, this week we are back and we're going to talk even more about the oceans. Um, and... I'm going to continue to try to get Matt on the line. Why don't we pause the recording for a second here? We'll be right back. And we're back with uh, the the man who's uh, one half man, half fish, all podcast co-host. It's Mr. Matt Mariani. How are we doing today, Mr. Sean? Captain Sean of the SS Goldilocks skipper how are we doing her Majesty's service yes uh, I am uh, I am thrilled to be here I'm excited to be back with the oceans. Yes, the oceans. Another oceans episode. Another, as if, as if you thought we didn't have enough to talk about the oceans. The there's ocean. more. We're both ocean experts. We are. We at least well, this week. Who knows yeah. what we'll be experts? in I was going to say we're usually an expert in whatever that week's topic is. <laughs> Self-proclaimed experts for sure. Um, so Matt, we're going to do this again, sort of casual, rapid-fire style. We're going to go through a bunch of stuff. Uh, I've got my list. I know you've got yours. Yeah. Um, and we're going to bounce some ideas back and forth uh, as well. So, do you want to go first, or you want me to go first? Um, I think that I would like to go first this week. Go for it. All right. Sturgeons. Uh, the guys with the scalpels who cut into people. And, no, no, uh... no. Not not surgeons. Sturgeons. <laughs> sturgeons. I don't know anything about... St- what is a sturgeon, Matt? Please tell me. Sturgeon. Okay. And this might surprise some of you because it certainly surprised me. A sturgeon is a type of fish. It's very long. It has a flat under region, like flat stomach underneath. Um, It's a very popular food. 
maybe we could pull up a like a video of a sturgeon swimming around. Uh, actually, we can do exactly that. Yeah, with this new this uh, new technology we have no, it's here. It's gonna take me a second here, but you keep talking. Okay, I'll, I'm gonna keep explaining about sturgeons. They're native to the subtropical and temperate climates of most subarctic rivers. Subarctic, so very very cold. Right, so yeah, there's there's one of them. That's a it's a creepy looking thing. Very ugly fish. Yes, uh, they're they're uh, I believe they are bottom feeders. They're also anadromous, which was a word I didn't know until I researched sturgeons. <laughs> anadromous fish migrate from the sea into freshwater to spawn, and. That's opposed to catadromous, which go from fresh water into sea water to spawn. So there we go. Androm and anadromous and catadromous. Now, the thing about also with sturgeons is that their caviar, okay, is considered to be one of the most luxurious caviars in the world. Second only to beluga caviar, which of course comes from the beluga whale. Um, I'm not really sure why that is that this caviar is so much fancier than most other caviars, but sturgeon caviar is, is a very, um, very prestigious luxury food. Uh, however, the sturgeon is at the risk of extinction. It is an endangered species, um, most likely because of its its reputation for a tasty delicacy, as well as it's uh, the overfishing of its caviar, its eggs for tasty caviar. So that being said, I would like to render my verdict on the sturgeon. You go for it, Matt. The sturgeon, therefore, is highly, highly overrated. Whoa! It's overrated. I, I don't really understand why a bottom feeder is getting so much attention that it has to basically be hunted into extinction. Wow. That's a bold... Now, Matt, my question for you is how did you possibly pick the sturgeon as something you wanted to talk about on the show tonight? That is a very good question, Sean. I would have to say that it's Maybe basically because I thought it had a funny name. Sturgeon sounds a lot like surgeon. And I was kind of hoping that my co-host would inject a little uh, humor by so making a pun out of the you name You set me sturgeon. up for the joke is what you're saying. I set it all up for oh, the joke. Shit. But I did all the research behind it. So we learned a little something, though, we did. in the process about anadromous and catadromous. I, I butchered the pronunciation of both of those. But... Yes. So there we have it. The sturgeon, and there it is again, the sturgeon migrates from seawater, ocean water, to go lay its eggs in fresh water. That makes it anadromous bottom feeder. Well, it doesn't make it a bottom feeder, but it makes it anadromous in the fish scientific world. The people come here for the laughs, they stay for the science. That's right. We're doing a service. For all the kids out there I'm who now just learn a new word. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Sturgeon, you know, I, I, I didn't have an opinion going into this really one way or the other. Um, but 
you know, I've read through the Wikipedia article, which is how I get all my scientific facts. Um, it's a good way to do it. I'm going to say I think it is underrated. I'm oh, going to go okay. the other way. And, and why, why is that? Uh, three reasons. One, uh, I actually think it's uh, not that ugly of a fish. I think it's a cool-looking fish. That's one. <laughs> two. Okay. Um, That's your opinion. That yes, it is. Um, Are you sticking to it? Number two, they have been referred to as primitive fishes because they've remained relatively unchanged since their earliest fossil record. That's kind of cool. Like they're basically like dinosaur fish. Like they huh. they haven't changed. So I'm gonna give them credit for that. Okay, um, that is pretty cool. And three, and perhaps the most cool thing of all, is that. In England and Wales, the sturgeon, along with whales and porpoises, is a royal fish, and wow. every sturgeon caught in those countries is property of the crown. Oh yes, I did read that. I did. I did come across that in my research. I remember that. That is all right. Awesome. Okay, that is pretty cool. Uh, a royal fish. Okay. I don't really I would really like to see if any 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 listeners out there have the story behind why the surgeon is a royal fish what made it royal maybe the little history behind it please do let us know Yeah I would really that I bet that has a cool story behind it I bet like a sturgeon saved like prince prince Edward's, Edward's life, life or something yeah at some point oh, or maybe. you know maybe maybe king um King Henry VIII was fishing in one of the one of the royal fisheries, and he caught a sturgeon. And the surgeon spoke to him and said, "You need to leave the Catholic Church." Whoa! And and go request the dispensation from the Pope for to annul your marriage. I don't know. Maybe the that. maybe that's what made the surgeon a royal fish. How about that? Who knows? It says here, uh, under current law, the receiver of wreck is the official appointed to take possession of royal fish when they arrive on English shores. So the receiver of wreck. The receiver of wreck. It is a, an official title. Um, it is an official who administers law dealing with wreck and salvage in some countries having a British administrative heritage. Okay. Right. Well, well, it's definitely something that. Uh... I just repeat is, what Wikipedia says, man. Yeah that that makes the sturgeon <laughs> that makes the sturgeon a lot more interesting. I like that. So I'm, good. I'm sure our listeners will appreciate that. Very good. The the sturgeon, not the surgeon. Very good. Very good. good. So that's good, the sturgeon. Good discussion, Matt. Good. Good. Um, now I believe it is your turn to pick our next ocean-related topic, uh, and we're going to go with something we could have talked about on our conspiracy episode, although it is not technically a conspiracy and that would be the bermuda triangle we didn't talk about this last week right we did not we did not we mentioned it after the show as a potential topic for for this show and we're going to talk about it also known as the devil's triangle it is the loosely defined region uh between florida puerto rico and bermuda um in the uh, North Atlantic Ocean, um, aircraft and ships are said to have disappeared under mysterious circumstances. The U.S. Navy claims it does not exist, and the name is not officially recognized, but um, people generally think it to be paranormal or something to do with extraterrestrial beings. Um, let's see... I'm trying to read back to some of the origins here. The earliest allegation of unusual disappearances dates back to 1950, 
um, and has continued ever since. Um, in terms of the over, under, or appropriate on this one, I think, uh, I don't know, that's a real tough one. I, I'm going to say, I think today it's overrated. But that's just because yeah. I think today most kind of urban legend e things are. I think back in the 50s and the 60s, this would have been a lot more fun. Um, But, you know, today it's like no one really... Bigfoot, I think, is kind of the same way where it's like it used to be fun. It's, it's lost its luster. Yeah. It's lost its know, charm almost. It's... It's, as an urban, as far as an urban myth goes, I guess it's one of those things that technology has kind of circumvented. Yeah, we've kind of proven our way out of these things yeah. and everything, you know. And then it, you find out things were uh, exaggerated or weren't hundred right. percent, you know. And you have the internet. We found out what was research. behind the curtain. That's what yeah. we, did. we pulled back the curtain and sort of exposed the myth within. Yeah, it's not very fun. I, I I love it. I think it's a cool story, but I just don't. I don't know. I just I just don't think it's as exciting as it once was. I was I was about to spoil something. I'm not going to though. It's it my last discussion topic. It's okay. going to be really good. It relates to something we'll call it a we'll call it a phenomenon that's similar to in it's sort of like the new age or like the like the current Bermuda Triangle. We'll call it it's the Bermuda Triangle of like the 21st century. It's cool. Uh, I don't think it, it. It definitely. I don't think it packs the punch that the Bermuda Triangle do, like did. Yeah, well, in terms yeah. of as far as like urban legends yeah, go, it has the history it's, behind it's it. Good. I'm not going to mention what it okay. is. What I don't, the phenomenon. I don't want to know. I'm excited to hear about it. I've probably already said too much. <laughs> as it is. But so anyway, well, yeah. Moving on. Uh, what is your verdict? The Bermuda Triangle. Uh, over. It's. I gotta say, it's overrated. Uh, until until tomorrow, something interesting happens there. It's still. It's overrated. What, what about overrated. you? Uh, I'm really, really trying not to agree with you here mm. on a topic, but it, mm. it is very overrated. Uh, I guess something you could say about the Bermuda Triangle that is um, underrated. They still, there still hasn't, research has not indicated a clear, a clear cause for the, mysterious occurrences that surround the Bermuda Triangle, but a lot of them are a lot of them were coincidental and related to mechanical failures, not like one specific uh like issue. Also it's kind of like a made up geographical area. They kind of just chose three islands in the in the Caribbean and said or rather in the South Atlantic, and they said, oh, these form a triangle, and look at this, all these planes mysteriously crash in the middle of this triangle. But it's such a great shape. Yeah, it's it's all, it's a it's a very nice triangle. Do we have do we have the triangle? Can we show it? Uh, oh, yeah, I just had a map I'm up looking here. Looking at it here. This is a really, here we go, we'll put this it's up a, on It's like almost a perfect see. equilateral triangle. From yeah, what what it looks like here. It's it's a very I mean, nice looking. To be there fair, it is. Yeah, it is very the the exact dimensions are very loosely defined. Like there is no mm -hmm. direct coordinates of the Bermuda Triangle, so they can draw it in any shape they want, really. <laughs> right. So that's that's what I'm saying. Is it's just such a broad geographic location that 
It's like circling the entire state of Texas and being like, there's tornadoes here. It's tornado. Tornadoes everywhere. Like, that's kind of like what they're doing. They're making this little geographical distinction and saying, look at all the planes that crash here. We don't know why, though. Could be that we just did a really crappy job making planes in the 1930s. <laughs> Honestly, that is most of it. Nothing. Yeah. Uh, according to the internet, nothing of interest has happened there in a couple decades. So. Right. That's a. It's one of those things like myth, myth debunked more or less. Yep. Sadly, I'd have. But to yeah, say. It, it definitely it, it was it was it was a it was a it was an urban myth, a phenomenon, whatever you want to call it, that had its definitely had its run in history and and i guess it's worth mentioning just along the same lines as that that book you mentioned in a previous podcast where the uh it was in our conspiracy show with the uh the mole people not the mole people oh yeah, yeah. the vril the vril yes the, the vril, vril people yes. and how they controlled everything that was kind of like that i guess basically the same thing basically the same <laughs> all right matt uh we can continue on to the next topic which is okay it is my turn to pick the next topic blow me away here we go uh the mariana trench ah that big deep crack in the ocean the big deep 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 crack in the ocean tell me more it's very almost like my last name Mariana. Oh, there you go. The Mariani Mariana Trench. Trench. The Mariani Trench. I like to call it that. <laughs> That's uh, it's another thing entirely. But so the Mariana Trench. A couple of fun facts about it. Uh, most most uh, famous, of course, is that it is the deepest part of the ocean. It's a a large um, a large decline in the geography. Uh, it plummets to, and I have the numbers here, the Mariana Trench goes all the way down to about 1,580 miles. Oh, that's the length. It's about 1,580 miles in length. That's 2,550 kilometers for those of you who are listening in not America. Um... Uh, the depth, however, it goes all the way down and reaches a maximum depth of about 10,994 meters, which is equivalent to about six miles or actually more like seven miles, which is really, really deep at the deep, uh, the deepest water column exerts a pressure overhead of about 1,086 bars, which is over 1,000 times the standard atmospheric pressure on land. Wow. So if you can imagine that. Um, the section of the, of the um, Mariana Trench that is the deepest is called the Challenger Deep which is a small valley. It's, it's shaped like a box and it just goes down and down and down and, and down. Um, not only is it the lowest decline in the ocean, it is also the lowest. It's the, therefore it's, it's, it's the 
physically the closest that we can possibly get to the center of the earth without any extensive digging. Um, however, the Mariana Trench is not the part of the seafloor that is closest to the center of the earth. This is because earth is not a perfect sphere. As a result, there are parts of the Arctic Ocean that are closer to Earth's center than at Challenger Deep. However, Challenger Deep is, is um, from a physical perspective, the deepest that you could go into the Earth, but not the closest to the core. You see, because the Earth is like yes. this. Yeah. Got it. All right. So that's, that's a whole bunch of fun facts about... One more quick fun fact is that microbial life forms have been found in the trench... Uh, the most popular of which are xenophyophores. Xenophyophores, which is a eukaryote. Oh, I remember that word from, thank you very much, uh, Dr. Timmel, ninth grade biology. The eukaryote, right? That's, mm -hmm. the, that's the one that has the, there's the prokaryote and there's the eukaryote. Something to do with the nucleus. Like, I think eukaryotes don't have a nucleus. No, I'm sorry. I think they only have a nucleus of the cell, like the brain of the cell. The eukaryotes, the prokaryotes don't. I think that's how it goes, if I can keep it straight. I'm going to have to anyway, take word for it, Matt. There are a bunch of little bacteria, and they live in the Mariana Trench. Other than that, really not much... Not much life down there. However, it is quite remarkable that life can even exist uh, at that great um, that great uh, density atmosphere. Oh, as 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 recent as December of 2014, giant crustaceans have been found inhabiting the trench. How would you like to see a picture, Matt? I would love to see a picture of one. Wow. This is one of the ones they pulled up there. Look at that. All okay. you video viewers are getting a real treat. There they are. Oh, my goodness. I wonder what they would taste like. I know. You'd certainly get a lot more of them. Giant there's shrimps. A, there's a really thrilled guy holding one. Mm. Yeah. You just wait, Matt, until they, they start breeding these. and. <laughs> wow. Look at those. Are those eyes? Located in like the front, yeah. You see those those big yellow circles. I wonder what. I mean, obviously, I, I think evolution is probably has probably uh, done away with the need for eyes for creatures that live close to the Earth's core. Like, yeah. But anyway, yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. Wow. So there we go. Giant crustaceans. They named them super giants. Super giant crustaceans. Super giant. That super like, giant crustaceans. That sounds like the villain in a Godzilla movie. Godzilla versus super giant crustaceans. Yeah. So mad. Sean, would you like to hear some really quick, some like some depressing news about the Mariana Trench? Sure, Matt. Blow me away. Just to bring it to bring the uh, the mood down. Bring a it home. Bit. Bring the mood down a little bit after all that excitement about the super giant crustaceans. That's right. The Mariana Trench has been proposed as a site for nuclear waste disposal. Perfect. 
Well, listen, Matt, you either have to get it to the bottom of the ocean or shoot it into space. Really, space. your only other options. Space. Obviously space, because then we can just build up a giant, like, nuclear defense shield against aliens. Yeah, but Matt, that's... And meteors. Except when the, the rocket ship explodes and spreads nuclear waste across the atmosphere. No. Yeah. We just send it We send it really far away. No, we Matt. shoot it into the sun. Matt, several that's space ships have exploded for. on launch. What happens if it explodes? What happens if we send it into the sun? Matt, I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you. We could do a whole episode on nuclear waste. I don't wanna I don't wanna blow up the sun though. No. We no. really need that. I don't think you could blow up the sun. Nuclear waste. You blow up the moon. I don't think you could blow up the sun. I wonder if we can selectively breed those super giants to oh. consume nuclear waste. Crustaceans that eat they are trying to breed bacteria that eats nuclear waste. I know that. Yes. I've heard about that. That's super interesting. That's terrifying. That stuff that nuclear powered microbes. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right, Matt. Are you are you a fan of the Mariana Trench? What's your what's your verdict here? Now that we're chock full of fun facts. I am definitely a fan of the Mariana Trench. I'm, however, I'm gonna go ahead and say it's overrated. It might surprise a lot of you out there. It's I'm overrated. Surprised. I think it's overrated because I think that there are. It gets a lot of publicity compared to other parts of the ocean. And there are other parts of the ocean that are more worthy, I think, of of publicity. Like, for example, the Arctic Ocean. Very, very underrated ocean. Um, there's a lot of, of exploration that we have not done beneath the, the uh, crustal ice and the glaciers that make up the Arctic Ocean. Um. And I think that that's definitely worthy of further research. Mary, don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I think that we should continue to research the Mariana Trench, but Arctic Ocean is way more fascinating. However, with those, those recent discoveries of those giant crustaceans, the super... Oh, no. Oh, no. Matt, Earth to Matt. Oh, no, we lost Matt again. The, the 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 Mariana Trench must have been listening in and decided to cut his connection before he said anything too controversial. Oh boy, oh boy, we gotta get Matt a new router or a new internet connection or something. Uh, all right, well, fine, folks at home, thank you for listening. Uh, I'm going to put us on pause and we'll be back momentarily with more Goldilocks Zone. Stick around. Go ahead, Matt. We're, yeah, we're we're back. We are we're back, back with with we're Matt back. here, ready to go. <laughs> yes. So, as I was saying, before I was rudely interrupted by my terrible Wi-Fi, <laughs> uh, the Supergiants, I think, is a very great uh, little moniker for, the, uh, minor for a minor league baseball team. I think it would be a good minor league baseball team, the Supergiants. The Springfield Supergiants. Are go. they already the Springfield Isotopes? I think they're already the Isotopes, but you can change it. Sure, why not? It's, it's fiction so, anyway. That's right. Okay. Uh, I think I, I could imagine somebody in a, in a Super Giants mascot outfit jumping around. Just just a big crustacean Scaring guy. children. <laughs> I think they can make him really kid-friendly, though. Sheldon the like Shrimp? Big, Sheldon yeah. the Super Shrimp or something? Sheldon the Super Giant. Steve the Super Giant. Stavros the Super Giant. 
An- another another in a long list of slippery slope creative ideas we've had on this show. Slippery slope. All right. So that's the Mariana Trench. Oh, you you now it's your turn to now, register. Now your... it's my. T- uh, I'm going to be quick on this um, because I, I mainly just don't care. It, it's a big hole in the ground, and people are interested because it's big. It's kind of like, why is Mount Everest a better mountain than the other mountains? Is it just because it's taller? Did you know I'm going to spread a little bit of uh, trivia wisdom? That you could fit the Mount Everest in the Mariana Trench and still have another mile on top of it? That is a good That is a good bit of trivia. It was not <laughs> the one I was going to go with, though, but it is a good bit of trivia. Okay, go, no, go ahead. So... The uh, the little bit of trivia I was going to say was that Mount Everest is not actually the world's tallest mountain. What? Not even the mountain that is closest to the uh, the sky or outer space, the stratosphere, what? however you want to say it. Uh, so first of all, the the Mount Mount Everest, right? It uh, it is it is dwarfed in comparison to this one mountain that is near hawaii you're not gonna say space I, mountain right no i don't remember no it's not space mountain <laughs> that's a ride in disney World. <laughs> okay just making sure i i can't really i can't remember the name of this mountain and i wish i could it's located off the coast off the coast of hawaii which should tell you a little bit about why it's taller than mount everest it's underwater yeah but that doesn't count because you can't climb it water it's still a mountain though no. it's still a geographic mountainous region, and if all of the oceans were drained, this mountain would be the tallest mountain on the planet. There is also a mountain that I also can't remember the name of, located in Ecuador, I believe. is technically the it is the mountain that is located closest to the stratosphere, because again, the Earth is an oblate spheroid, so the equator goes like this, right? So these are the the fattest regions of the the fattest regions of the earth are on the ends. Big circle. <laughs> the ends. The equator, I love the hand diagrams. The equator is here in the middle. And here's our mountain. And then Everest is up like around here somewhere. Stage left. Yes. This is going to work really well with the uh, people that are only listening to our podcast and not watching it. Nope. So anyway, that's the tallest mountain it's not Everest. Oh, Matt, you're you're. It's a trivia. I I between your science explanations and my crazy cackle laughter, people are just going to really be big fans of the show. What a show! What a show indeed. Uh, yeah. So on the Mariana Trench, whatever. It's a big hole in the ground. Who cares? I I, I will give credit for director James Cameron, who went down into it and got to the bottom. So let's let's all remember that great moment in American history. That was wonderful. Um, That produced a lot of great footage for everyone mm, to watch. He found found some giant shrimp. Some jumbo shrimp. Most people don't know. That's what inspired his idea for the movie Baby's Day Out. Thank you for that, Matt. The James Cameron classic. <laughs> the James Cameron classic, Baby Stay Out. Too funny. All right. Uh, let's see. We've got more to do. Let's see. Uh, I'll look at my list here. Oh, I don't know. There's actually a couple on here I really want to do. Um, let's talk about... Oh, I don't know. Let's talk about pollution. 
I want to talk about ocean pollution. Wow. Okay. I, I asked my coworkers at my job, I said, I'm talking about the ocean on the show tonight. What about the ocean should we talk about? And first they looked at me like I was a crazy person, and that's fair. <laughs> that is the appropriate reaction when someone asks you to explain the ocean. The second reaction I got was from a coworker of mine who goes, well, you got to talk about pollution. And I said, what about pollution? <gasps> The, there's just all this garbage in the ocean. You could talk about global warming. It's terrible. There's As he a, dipped his hand into his bag of granola and uh, yeah, I don't get me started. Adjusted but... his PETA T-shirt. <laughs> oh, my, you just won't you just won't believe all the pollution in the ocean. It's terrible. Um, so yeah, so I don't have a Wikipedia page or a ton of stats or facts about how much pollution is in the ocean. There's a lot. I'm comfortable in saying that as some kind of fact. The point I want to make is we should be polluting the oceans. What? What? We should be encouraging people to pollute the oceans. And here's why. Okay. Brace yourself for this convoluted explanation. Human, human beings make garbage. That is a okay. fact. Maybe we make more today than we used to, but at some point we are going to have waste, refuse. Some of it's going to be biodegradable these days. Some of it's not. That waste has to go somewhere, right? It doesn't magically disappear. You can't shoot it into space yet. Not um, yet. It's not economical at this point. We'll get there. Launch it into the sun. You got to do something with it, right? The problem is Earth is 70% covered by water on its surface, which means there's only 30% of it land for us as people to live on, right? Stay with me here. Okay. Human beings make waste. If that waste stays on the land, it takes away from that 30%. So pretty soon, 29% is livable and 1% is waste, and then 2% is waste, and 5% is waste. Pretty soon, there's too much waste, right? Try burying in a landfill, sure. Okay, maybe, but then you're just living on top of it, and you're still making more anyway. However, okay. go with me here. With the Earth being covered in ocean, I can't live on the ocean. I am not a fish. I okay. don't... The ocean, I, like, see once a year, maybe, like, on a postcard. Like, there's so much of it. We don't need all of it, right? So why right. not use it as a place to put our pollution, our garbage? Like you said, Matt, nuclear waste, for example, maybe an extreme example, sure, but you can't put it anywhere near people, right, because it's dangerous. So put it in the ocean where no one lives. Same goes for pollution. Put the pollution okay. in the ocean because there's no other good place to put it. There. Pollution. Right. I am pro-pollution in the ocean. That so is... while, <laughs> while you were providing that wonderful explanation, <laughs> I was busy Googling the benefits of ocean pollution because I, I'm just curious to see if there are Please tell me actual so. benefits. You know, you know what? eHow.com has come up with the advantages and disadvantages of polluting the ocean. <laughs> Of course they have. And I'm gonna read a couple of them because I don't know I don't know how else to respond to that to that diatribe of yours. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. Uh hazards are obvious. Okay. Right? That's not really a point. Kill marine life, cause disease. There you go, blah 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 blah. Convenience. Yes. It is main convenient. reason. That people and businesses dump at sea is that it is very easy. Yes. For an individual, there may be little bureaucracy and no landfill fees to pay. Yep. Naturally, something being illegal doesn't always prevent it 
from happening. And the oceans are a very difficult place to regulate. Well, and if you think uh, you about might it, notice... the, the majority of the Earth's shipping traffic happens on the oceans. It would be convenient for those ships to just dump trash as they deliver goods. Go ahead, Matt. Yes. Now, here's the good stuff. This is what I was looking for. This is really like the buried treasure of this article. Sell me. There are some items of trash that actually improve the marine environment. Artificial reefs yep. provide a habitat for thousands of marine vertebrates and fish. Large items of trash, including old tires, decommissioned ships, and car bodies, have all been strategically placed to create artificial reefs. In the right location, trash can enhance rather than damage marine ecosystems. Yes. Score one. And and, and as long Jenny. as nobody notices that pollution is what originally damaged the natural reefs, then there's no problem here. There you go. So rather than the beautiful, intricate coral reefs that the Lord above gave us. We can sink old boats. We're going to sink old boats and rubber hoses and cans of beer and turn them into the new habitats of the ocean. And to the ocean, I say, you're welcome. You're welcome, ocean. Wow. And you know what? There's a lot of things in the ocean that are terrifying. There's a lot of really scary things in the ocean that I don't Super really want to be a part of. crustaceans. Jesus, yeah. Look at that. If that thing went feral or, God forbid, it got a taste for human flesh. Oh, boy. It'd be all we'd over. We'd be in a lot of trouble. We'd be in a lot of trouble. A world of hurt. So... Oh, I just I just found a, a fortune cookie on my desk. Of course you did. And it says, we must pollute the world's oceans to save us from ourselves. Wow, that's shockingly accurate. It says something else entirely. I'm sure. All right, Matt, I won't I won't make you try to go against me on this one. I realize I'm out on a limb. That's okay. Some 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 of the I don't know. I'm agreeing with you. You're agree- oh good. All I'm right. agreeing with you. I think the ocean needs to be stopped. The the ocean needs to be like it's a menace taking I mean, over the world. We haven't found a cure from cancer in the ocean, have we? No. What has the ocean no. done for me lately? It's looked really pretty, but then has again, I think it might look even prettier if I start dumping crude oil into it. I mean, if you think nice about syrupy black crude oil. 97% of the Earth's water is salt water in the oceans. I can't drink salt water. We don't need that. That's what, what, what do we... We drink fresh water, buddy. Man, the oceans suck. You're on land. Ooh. Land is where it's at. <laughs> land is where it's at. That is the... Sl- that should have been the... For life. In retrospect, that should have been the title of the episode. Land is where it's at. <laughs> um, well, the ocean. Wow. That is spoken like a true human being. Um, let's continue on, Matt. Do you have something on your list you'd like to talk about? I do. Uh, how? My, my question to you, though, is how far or close are we to the end of this show? We can probably do your topic and then do the oceans as a whole. Okay. So Good. Do, do your big This is where I'm, gonna, I'm going to unleash the Kraken. Oh, I'm jazzed. Let's that do it. It was a completely intentional pun. Because it's based on ocean things. Ready for this? I'm so ready. 
So we talked about your Bermuda Triangle as a phenomenon that uh, has sort of been debunked, thrown away, what have you. But there's another little-known phenomenon out there that I discovered uh, many years ago. Um, it has to do with a sound. I wonder if uh, if I can pull it up, or if we can pull it up. The sound is a, is a very loud sound. Comes from somewhere in the ocean. No one has any idea. Scientists have speculations as to what the sound is called um i mean over where where it comes from or what generates it but what it's called it's just called the bloop oh yeah the bloop the bloop okay and that's the mystery oh i can play the bloop if you want to hear the bloop yes what are you owing uh, uh, one one article here that I must have overlooked in my research says that the mystery was solved. Oh. And we'll have evidence with that, but first let's play the clip. Let's play right. the sound. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to play it. I make no promises here. Um, but let's take a... Listen, hang on. I have to just do some finagling here. Did you hear that? Yes, I could hear that. Here, I'll play it one more time for you at home. There you go. Yes. So the the sound that we were looking for in that clip was that staccato just bloop. Yes, that's that exactly bloop, right. Which is why it's called the bloop. Sounds an awful lot like um bloop like when you're when you have your you're in a swimming pool and you push the water underneath with your hands and it goes bloop, over your head. Um so for many years the phenomenon was first discovered in the 1960s. Speculation began everything from the Soviets, uh, which is our our typical go-to explanation for most conspiracies, um, all the way from the Soviets, all the way to uh, aliens, to giant sea creatures that we haven't discovered yet. Um, or if if you saw the uh, Animal Planet's fictional documentary, they blamed it on mermaids. Did you see that? Mermaids? No. I didn't oh see my God. that. We can talk about this another time. It's called Mermaids, The Body Found, and it is a fake documentary made to look real about scientists who find evidence of mermaids. And it ah. is overproduced and so friggin' hilarious. But So what was the point? Was that like an April Fool's joke? No, it was just did? something to get attention. And, and people thought it was real. Okay. Like the acting was terrible and it didn't make any sense. But oh, it was, it was one of those people thought it was real. Like, oh, yeah. Um, it was like a two-hour long like the, thing. Like the UFO landing. And it was this, you know, they had like the scientists who were like, we couldn't believe what we had found. We didn't think it was possible. Mermaids. Uh, And anyway, they blamed the bloop on mermaids. So a little scientific fact in there. Anyway, continue. I I thought that was funny. That's just, yeah, mermaids, things like that. Uh, That was what was, uh, that was what was the official cause as far as we could tell uh, up until 
January of 2015 was when the mystery was finally solved and the case was cracked by who else but British scientists working with American scientists. Um, they have actually determined that the big bloop was caused by a giant interglacial earthquake. An ice quake. An ice quake. An ice quake. So basically two large sheets of ice colliding or moving apart. I didn't really see where where that was in the article. It was an ice quake. That was the cause of the bloop. That big sound. Um, uh, and I guess that's it. I guess the mystery was solved. I, that's really disappointing. That really takes uh-huh. the piss out of this whole story. Uh-huh. Well, it kind of sucks. Cool. Kind of sucks. I probably shouldn't have uh, jumped the gun there, but our readers deserve to know the truth. Our our listeners deserve to how, know the truth. How about this, Matt? We'll we'll leave them with this. The bloop was caused by ice quakes deep under the ocean, or is that what they want you to think? Hopefully it's what they want you to think. Now, what's cool, what I thought was really cool when I first heard about the bloop, it was also along the same times I was reading, um, I was reading H.P. Lovecraft, Mm. the, uh, the horror, horror fiction writer, um, from the 1920s. And, um, what he, or what, uh, rather, what the story said was that the coordinates on the map that the bloop appeared to be coming from were also the coordinates that matched the general location of the creature Cthulhu, probably the most famous creature of Lovecraftian lore. Um, Cthulhu is essentially a massive, massive is an understatement. He's like a almost like a god mixture of a god and an alien he looks like a giant squid thing some people probably know what i'm talking about uh and he lived under the ocean and basically if anybody even saw what he looked like they would go insane and start mumbling gibberish and eventually their brains would explode inside their skulls so he was um he was this creature and there was a lot of speculation that maybe he was the cause of the blue. Hmm. So, so I thought that was always really cool. I guess we'll have to leave them with that image. Uh, so that's it. That's it. That's it. That's, Matt. it. that's the blue mystery solved. Mystery solved on the blue mystery solved on the oceans. It's time for us solving to a lot of mysteries. Render today. our verdict overall on the ocean as a whole. Over under or appropriate. I'm going to jump wow. in and go first. You go first. I'm going to go first. You got a lot to think, think about, about here. It's a tough decision. I get it. And listen, I've given a lot of crap to the ocean. Literally, I said we should pollute it. Um, in addition to some of the other not nice things I said. Here's where you I wanted to here. actually give crap to the I ocean. I literally wanted to give crap to the ocean. Like dump a lot of human garbage into, into the, ocean. the ocean. Kill a lot of wildlife. And I stand by that. In the but process. I am going to render my verdict on the ocean. Again, this is like when you do breakfast, you know, it's like it's weird because it's it's a lot of things. The concept of an ocean, right? A large body of water full of life, full of mystery, 
full of interesting scientific discoveries. I think that concept is really underrated. I think that is so cool that there is just this world that we don't fit or belong in. It's very analogous to outer space in a way. Human beings should probably never go there, and yet we will. And what we will discover when we get there will be amazing. So in terms of the ocean, yeah, man, absolutely underrated. However, the Earth's oceans, maybe a little bit overrated. They're not that interesting. Going to outer space, they have oceans made of hydrocarbons. That sounds interesting. I'm just saying, yes. when it comes to and the silicon. Earth's oceans, been there, done that. Mm. Yeah, okay, maybe we'll find some big shrimp at the bottom of a big hole, but... You know, for the most part, I just think the Earth's oceans are, are a little a little overrated. I just don't see, I don't really see that much of an appeal. Yeah, I talked the last week, waves are cool and it's salt water, it's kind of interesting, but I don't know. The appeal just, it sounds way better on paper than it is in reality. Maybe that's the way I'm going to put it, where the, the fantasy of the ocean is super cool. The reality of the ocean, it's kind of like the moon in a little bit, where it's like, on paper, the, is the moon made of cheese? You know, like the, the, the man in the moon, the cool mystery. And then we landed on it, and it's like, no, it's just kind of a big rock. It's a whole that's, lot of nothing. That's lifeless. Um, and the, the, the ocean I, kind of feels a little bit like that for me. Mm. So that's my thought. Well, the concept, underrated. Our oceans, a little overrated. What do you think, Matt? Well, what I think is I, I was really hoping to – piggyback onto your uh, explanation but you hit a, you hit the nail on the head i was i was going to mention <laughs> the oceans of outer space particularly the one on on uh europa mm-hmm. um that's very interesting and and definitely worth exploring not to say that the ocean isn't worth exploring i think that they're both two different frontiers uh space and earth um and i think that the earth's oceans and i think that that you know humans just have this innate need to explore and to just continually find things out about their universe um i think that that need to explore and that intrinsic desire to find out more and to constantly learn drives us and that is something that is definitely underrated i think we need a lot more people out there who are willing to take risks in the name of science and in the name of of curiosity to just find out to just find out more about the universe because in the process of finding more about the universe and the magical creatures that live within it, we find out more about ourselves. Wow. That really touched me. Really touched me. Thank you, man. Yeah. Wow. This was a deep episode. Not just Plus in terms that, of the, the ocean. Bloop, but... The big loop sounded kind of like a fart, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of... Yeah, I don't know what was going on there. Did someone like, like a jostle a microphone or something? Art. It was mermaids, clearly. At first, maybe that I thought that was Cthulhu, but... It's Cthulhu he farting? Little, he had a little too much beans. Oh, uh, that would explain it. Um, very good. Well, that's the oceans. We do have some homework to do because, Matt, we had connection problems at the beginning of the show, which means we didn't answer last week's question. Ah, uh, we got to do it. Forget. Um, uh, I, I did. We've got to do it, and we'll do it quickly here at the end of the show. I'm not worried about it. The question is: Astronauts have discovered a new ocean beneath the surface of Mars. What would you name this ocean, and what will it be like? I will go first on this one, unless you okay, have an good. answer. 
Okay, I know. I always reread these before we go on the air, so I have a, a bit of more prep than you do. Um, I'll have but, one. But my quick. answer is going to be super shitty, so get pumped for that. Uh, because I thought several minutes on this, and I would call it uh, Mars Ocean. I know. Mars Ocean. Mars Ocean. Uh, kind of like the Atlantic Ocean or the Pacific Ocean or the Antarctic Ocean or the Indian Ocean. I'm going to call it Mars Ocean. Mars Ocean. Um. Because why reinvent the wheel? We already have a crappy naming convention for our oceans. This um, is true. Let's let's just keep that going. So I'm going to call it the Mars Ocean. Because I'm assuming uh, Earth will get to pick it. Probably the United States will get to pick the name. Um, and why name it some BS science-y thing? Just Mars Ocean. It's an ocean on Mars, Mars Ocean. What would it be like? Um, I'm going to guess, and this is totally imagination-based and not in reality or science. None of the facts about Mars are included in this, so don't read into that. Uh, boiling, boiling hot. It'll be, it'll be boiling hot. Um, it will, uh, be, uh, viscous. It, it won't be, it won't be complete water. It will, it will have some thickness to it. Not quite a gravy, maybe a little less than that. Uh, but it will have some thickness to it and it will be boiling hot. That is, that is my prediction for Mars so it, Ocean. It, it's basically going to be magma. Uh yes, but it's 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 more. But it's, it's still water. Is it still? Um, it's more like like... dihydrogen oxide. Yes, like it's... it's still water. Yes, in like a liquid state. Yes, still. Yes. Okay, but it's boiling. Okay, interesting. Yeah. yeah, that's my imagination at work, Matt. What do you, what do you think? Okay, um, so first on the, with the name, I I was thinking along the lines. Now we've named the Atlantic Ocean and the Pacific Ocean through i think two very different conventions obviously the atlantic ocean comes from the greek hero atlas mm -hmm. who carried the world on his back um in greek legend uh the pacific ocean comes from the latin root pacifus which means peace pacifica i did not know that um or rather just passe which is just peace or pax however whatever noun case you use so that's yeah, that's where the that's where the term Pacific Ocean comes from, the peaceful ocean. Uh, I think that the the the, um, the ocean that we discover on Mars should follow the naming convention of uh, of the Pacific Ocean. I think we should we should call it like the peaceful ocean, but the irony will be that it's actually a very violent ocean. Filled with a lot of really, really horrific uh, creatures that H.P. Lovecraft couldn't have come up with in his wildest nightmares. Nice. And they're constantly eating each other and killing each other over and over again for eternity. And uh, we're going to call it – I didn't look it up, but whatever the word for peace is in Sanskrit because Sanskrit's really cool. Little fun fact. Yoda – from Star Wars, mm -hmm. a movie you haven't seen yet. Correct. The word Yoda means warrior in oh, Sanskrit, the ancient know. language from the Indian subcontinent. So that's a little, a little interesting fun fact again. But yeah, that's you know what? Maybe we'll just call the ocean Yoda. Yoda. The Yoda okay. Ocean. Yoda Ocean. I like it. Yes. That is a very good answer. All right, Matt. Um, we've answered this week's question. we got to tease them one for next week. How about this? If the oceans could be personified, 
which ocean would you want to meet and hang out with and have fun with? Do uh, you have several to choose from? Pacific, Atlantic, Indian, uh, Arctic, Antarctic, um, and so on and so forth. So uh, pick one. Uh, which would you want to meet? Uh, give us your answer at Goldilocks Show on Twitter. And again, GoldilocksShow.com is the website and SoundCloud.com slash GoldilocksShow uh, as well. Matt, anything else that people should know before we conclude this week? Yes. Happiness is enjoying what you got, never from what you want. Oh, that is, honestly, this is like a, a, a show chock full of things you could print on a t-shirt. I love it. Um, I did have one other thing I want to talk about, and I'm going to do this on air because I think it's more fun. What are we going to talk about on next week's show? I have an idea, unless you have something you want to bring up. No, what's your idea? Okay. I had this fun idea. Matt, are you a fan of game shows? Yes. You like games. Sometimes. Sometimes. So what I was thinking of, what if we did a two-parter episode, okay? Oh, okay. In the first part next week, we will do a normal Goldilocks Zone episode. We'll pick a couple shows, and we'll talk about them. Your Jeopardies, your Wheel of Fortunes, your Price is Rights. We'll give our opinions on those, right? Sound good? Sounds good. On the second episode, we are going to actually host a game show. We're going to bring on a contestant, and they are going to challenge you, Matt, our resident oh, expert, who all right. can you stump Matt? Head-to-head battle for the ultimate Goldilocks Zone supremacy, our own game show. How does that sound? Hey, I'm game. Yeah. Oh, bring on bring all it challengers. On. Bring it on. Bring on all challengers. I got this. I got a big book of useless trivia right over off camera. And so. I guarantee it won't be easy for you or your competitor. If you would like to compete on the Goldilocks Go- Zone game show, let us know at Goldilocks Show on Twitter, GoldilocksShow at gmail.com. Uh, and we might cast you on the show as well. Yeah. Sound good? Sounds good. I love it. All right. Well, we appreciate all, all of you out there for joining us this week. We'll see you next week for our discussion on game shows right here on the Goldilocks Zone. Have a great one. <laughs>